Hey, patrons, welcome to your bonus podcast for episode 287. This is the extended interview with SWEX. I'm a little under the weather, so if I sound a little under the weather, that's why. Um, before we get into the interview, which we're going to hop into in just a second, thank you as always for being here. Stay tuned for the podcast. There's some really cool stuff coming up. This uh, director, animator from Pixar, uh, Bobby Rubio, what's a great interview. That's coming up the next couple of weeks. And also Seth Tibbet, the founder of Tofurky. I, I got to say, I'm really happy with these interviews I've been getting lately. Um, I've just been like, huh, I wonder if, and then people say yes. So that's exciting. I hope you enjoy it. As always, if you like the podcast part of what I do, please spread the word. I'm really trying to focus in on getting this rolling more and more. I'm really happy with my interview style, and I think it's unique what I'm doing. So feel free to spread the word. All of that said, I hope you enjoyed this extended bonus interview with SWEX, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for believing in me. Hey, patrons, welcome to your bonus podcast interview with SWEX. Hi, SWEX. Thanks for joining me again. Hi, Michael. Of course. So we talked a little bit. Well, I guess I teased um, No and um, what that song is about in the main podcast. Is there anything else to add about your process of, of how the Me Too movement sort of inspired the song? Yeah, well, I just remember um, there was one day where, I don't know, the the personal stories that so many people in my life were sharing like on social media just kind of broke the internet and just also broke me. Like mm. I, I, I mean, as someone who also has experienced sexual assault personally, knowing how, you know, prevalent it is, but just seeing how pretty much every every person that I knew that was femme or queer, you know, has been impacted by it in a very, very real and visceral way. Um, and that was just so, um, so upsetting. And so, uh, I just got so, so angry. Um, also just reading and, and hearing about like how there was rarely any, justice whatever that means but you know there there the way that the way that the the system would handle these assaults where like the survivors would just have no no justice or would have to rehash their traumas in order to 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 seek justice um and it was just a continuous feeling of danger and and and, and lack of safety just made me so angry and so I just remember being on the subway and just like furiously writing out all of these things um and then they just kind of like organically gave way to (laughs) to this song um and yeah it it happened really really quickly because it just I had so much pent-up anger surrounding the issue when you said uh justice or whatever that means it really like sort of set up a flag for me like what like how can we decide even, you know, I, I, I haven't had that experience. So I don't even know. I probably have less idea of what justice looks like. But to me, my first thought is like, justice is people not being sexually abused. Like, that's what justice is. So how do we like, yeah, it's so. Uh, yeah. And, and, and just, I mean, the, the, the powers that be, I guess, that kind of define 
justice or like create the systems of accountability are not generally people that are directly impacted. Right. You know? So it's like not really a system that is built for survivors. You know, it's it's clearly not because it just re-inflicts trauma over and over again to the point where a lot of people feel safer just not coming forward um, or not, not, you know, seeking quote unquote justice, like through like legal pathways, because they know that it's going to be either futile or just like incredibly taxing and traumatizing, you know? So yeah, it, it's, it's pretty infuriating. Um, but <laughs> uh, my my next thing to ask you about is about music software and I'm like how do I like <laughs> go- yeah that's really terrible anyway <laughs> but like that's a uh, it's I think maybe it's like it's a bigger question than this than we have time to totally solve. yeah <laughs> um so <laughs> your music which you make uh, I learned all this before when we talked but maybe for the listeners um what uh, and I appreciate, well, you tell me because I'm about to like talk about what your answer is going to be and we haven't, <laughs> we haven't said your answer. So what do you use to make your music? I use a Boss RC505 loop station um, and I use a MicroKorg synth and a hand pan drum and sometimes I use a a uh, drum machine but it's all mostly like I I haven't I haven't um as I said before um I haven't yet made the leap to like using my laptop um Mm -hmm. to create music yet so it's still all kind of like live looping um or just kind of like analog stuff um and I do, I feel like, I feel like I'm holding out on it. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna invest in Ableton. I'm gonna invest in a push to like, it's gonna happen, but I'm just, I'm still in the, in the, um, in the more live looping, um, sound sculpting in the analog realm phase. Yeah. There, I have to say there's something to be said for that. I mean, we call it limitation now, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, or I don't know if you would call it limitation. Does it? Sometimes I do feel. I mean, I've also been working with live musicians um, in addition to the. So I'll I'll be like the last show that I had. um, I I had my loop station. I had my um, my micro korg, and I had my hand pan drum. um, But then I also played with um, a a drummer who. Um, and he used, you know, drum, electric drum, electronic drum pads, um, and like a, 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 an acoustic cymbal. And then I played with a, a live bass player as well. So having, um, the kind of like more of the looping stuff with the live instrumentation made me feel a lot less limited. And so that setup felt pretty good for me, but when I'm just playing on my own, just having kind of more loop like things um, that are coming from those instruments sometimes do feel a little limiting because it is just kind of like the vocals change a lot, uh-huh. but the ba- like the the instrumentation and the bass that's kind of supporting the vocals is obviously 
um, more, um, more limited because of the nature of the loop station and how, how it can function. Yeah. But I guess I was thinking in terms of how that in a lot of ways helps, like when I have quote unquote limitations, because <laughs> I feel like limitate, it is like a limitation because you don't have as many options, but not having in a million like limitless options causes like a different kind of creativity that I think is really Definitely. valuable. Definitely. It's sometimes a little less overwhelming because I kind of know what works and what doesn't work. And there aren't like an infinite amount of sounds that I could be experimenting with. Yeah. 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 And I, I found myself like working with Ableton where I'll be like, oh, maybe I can use one of these like hundreds of bass patches. Like yeah. what? Like, and then it becomes this like, oh, that's not exactly right. Like yeah. It becomes like there's too much <laughs> and yeah. then it's just overwhelming. So, yeah. but then it's really great too. Like it, yeah, it's all balance, finding a balance. Right. Right. Yeah. When we yeah. talked before for the bonus, um, I think, did you, were we going to do clashing colors as a bonus song and are you okay oh, with yeah. doing that? Yeah. Yeah. So let's tell me a little bit about clashing colors and then we'll give it a listen. Okay, great. Um, clashing colors also, came out of kind of like a a, a writing rant <laughs> mm. just kind of like no as well sometimes my 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 favorite songs um come from rants I come from like a lot of anger that needs to be expressed but I was feeling a lot of anger towards my ex she wasn't really like taking uh any sort of responsibility or accountability and uh and just I don't know just like I felt like she thought that she knew what was best for me but like wasn't clearly wasn't acting with my best intentions in mind but wasn't owning up to it um and then it was just kind of like realizing that sometimes people just want different things and that's okay. And it's like, it doesn't mean that each person um, has like needs that are wrong. It's just like different needs are valid, but it just means that, you know, there's just like a fundamental incompatibility and just kind of coming to terms with that um, is a process, but also sometimes very, very liberating when you come to the point where you're like, you know what? We just want different things and that's okay. Mm. You know? Yeah. That's a hard spot to get to, but yeah. it's, but I hear that relief in getting there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's listen to the song and this is the end of our second, which is really our fourth interview. If you look at it, <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you on, on the show in, in April. Yeah, I'm so excited too. Thank you so much.
Singing two different songs 